Hey, what's going on, Internet? You are listening to Free Cheese and Hot Sauce, the Chicago Bulls podcast. Uh, we are here doing a pregame preview episode for the Bulls versus the Brooklyn Nets game on December 10th, 2014 at 7 p.m. Central Time. Uh, the Bulls are coming into the game at 12-8 and after a tough loss against the uh, Warriors, and the Nets are 8-11, and and I believe they may have actually just lost to uh, Philly. Is that right? No, that can't be right. Philly doesn't win. Oh, uh, no, they lost to Cleveland. Cleveland, there we go. Why? Yeah. Both red, I think I just saw that. What's funny uh, is I actually haven't been paying attention to the... I, I don't pay attention to the Nets, really. Let's be upfront about it. But no, it was only because no there was like, some like royalty, like uh, Duke or Duchess or some, you know, like actual royalty was there. And there was a huge... like media thing and they got like lebron jerseys or something so that's the only reason i know about that game do you think yeah, that dave got I... excited maybe i bet anyway, he just so... i bet he gathered around with his tea he's british if you guys don't know that mm. anyway yeah. what were you gonna say <laughs> oh i was just gonna say i was gonna ask you guys who is more royal um the not this is embarrassing i can't is it uh prince william and uh kate middleton or whatever or or who they're with, Jay Z and Beyonce. Quick take. Oh, uh, Jay Z and Beyonce. I'm gonna say Jay Z and Beyonce just because I'm a big fan of the fresh rhymes. Because Kate Middleton, she's she'd be a princess, or like like how is she in this royal family now? Like, what's I think her... she just married in, right? Is that she's married <laughs> in? There's got to be some royal lineage though. They don't marry outside of royalty, right? Well, how much royalty is there? No, no. no. Though that's the thing, though, is that the reason she like their their romance is such a big deal, besides the fact that like people in America were like really fascinated by like, the royal family, still, which I don't really understand what's going on with that, but it's because she wasn't royal and he chose to be with her, and it became it was kind of this like I don't know, like maybe Jane Austen level kind of like romance thing. Oh, that's yeah. uh... <laughs> that's... whereas Jay Z and Beyonce, that's just like. That's I mean, they're, uh, they're the top of the line. They really are. I mean, I'm, I'm going to make it vote 3-0. I'll think that Jay-Z and Beyonce are more important and significant than the uh, British royalty. But I, th- I think that's probably enough uh, royal talk, maybe? I was going to yeah. say, really quickly, isn't there like a Beyonce nickname that she has where it's, it's something like Queen or Rihanna. something is in it? Queen Bay? Is that it? I think so. Okay, then yeah, she's she's better than Kate Middleton because she's a queen. Oh, oh yeah, wait, that solves it really simple. That's yeah. really quick. Yeah, we could there, that there we in go. The first place. So okay. there you have it, basketball so the fans. Nets are, yeah, so the Nets are a basketball team though. Correct? Right. They're, they're uh, not part of the royal family. And the no. guys who play the basketball, uh, at least the guys who start playing basketball, and for the Nets are Darren Williams, Bohan Bogdanovich. Still don't remember the pronunciation. Alan Anderson, Kevin Garnett. And uh, Mirza Toledovich, also not sure on his name. Nope, he uh, nailed that one. Nice. Uh, Lopez is out. Uh, Joe Johnson is questionable. That's why I said Anderson. Probably should have brought that up. Anyway, for the Bulls, Rose Butler, Dunleavy Jr., Gasol, and Taj Gibson, who will most likely be starting for the injured Joakim Noah. He's out with those ankles of his again. A uh, little bit concerning, but I'm sure it'll be fine. 
Okay, my biggest question about Joakim is if his ankles are actually this kind of beat up. Because, I mean, we saw him go down a couple games in a row before the Warriors. Like, we saw him writhing in agony on the ground yeah. like multiple times. Why was he playing against the Warriors? Why did they force him to play? I mean, yeah, I'm assuming Taj was on limited minutes, but he was still back. And they were getting – they could have gotten serviceable minutes, you know, from – they could have brought in Mirtich to alleviate Joakim or even Nazar to alleviate Joakim at some time. But Joakim still played – 33 minutes against the Warriors, and yeah, they're a great team, but did he have any business being on the floor for that long if his ankles busted up enough to not play in the next game? It makes you wonder, like, how much like how much control does the training staff have over what Joakim decides to do? Like, probably it feels like he just was like, I'm ready to go, I'm ready to go, I'm ready to go, and they're like, well, you know, maybe you know, we got to take a look at this, and he was still like, nah, put me out there. Let me out there, coach. Yeah, he seems like the kind of guy who would just kind of uh, throw caution to the wind, I guess, with health if he really wants a win, which uh, playing the team with the best record wouldn't surprise me if he kind of got into that mentality. Um, But I really don't know. I mean, at a certain point, he has to maybe go into a more limited-minute system. I mean, he already is, right? Yeah, I mean, I would think so. I think you kind of, you mentioned it earlier. You could have said you expect Joakim to play about 60 games, and that might be a little bit of a low estimate, but that is kind of how we should be treating some of these players on our team, like Joakim, like Powell, like even Derek to an extent. These players that deal with nagging injuries, especially in November and December and even a little bit of January for that matter, I think ca- like you, should, you have to be cautious, especially in these months when games don't matter as much. Like losing to the Warriors now means essentially nothing, but losing to them in April, in May, you know, in March is a lot worse and, you know, says a lot more about your team. And that's when you want, you know, your full roster up there is then. So I'd much rather these players be missing minutes and uh, games now. Yeah, exactly. Um, even without Joakim, though, I think the Bulls will pretty much be fine. Uh, it helps that Lopez is out because that takes away the only real seven footer that the Nets have. Yeah. Um, it's it's funny because we always do our like what matchups are gonna matter this game and like mine initially is make, oh yeah, Brooke Lopez, like, you know, I think he could do some damage, but then now there's like what is there, you know? The notes I took before I we tried to record this beforehand and it failed horribly. The notes I took then I had uh, Johnson and Lopez listed as starting. Uh and my big matchups were Butler versus Johnson Saul versus Lopez, uh, the two halves of that equation may not be in the game at all. So it's really just Jimmy Butler and Pau Gasol who are my keys to the game, um, plus the rest of the Bulls team. It just on paper, the Bulls have a huge advantage here. I mean, they won by like 20 last week. They It was probably their best game in a while, right? I mean, this oh, seems I... like the kind of game that the Bulls have a chance to just blow the nets out of the water. It's the type of game they should blow, yeah. the nets out, blow the nets out of the water. And if they don't, it's like if they win by a lot, no one will talk about it at all. It'll be like, okay, good, came in, did your job, went on with your day. But if it's a close game or, you know, if they even lose, that's what says a lot more about this team. Yeah, especially after another loss. And they at a certain point, they have to start winning games at home. I mean, yeah, it's kind of a small sample size or whatever, but you got to win your games at home because the way, I mean, they've been winning on the road, but road games aren't always easy. And there's just a huge advantage that you can't give up with home court advantage. Yeah, definitely. I think,
think it would be a lot more fun this game if the Bulls started their bench just for fun and just see how they match it up. Because think, think about this. Okay, Aaron Brooks, Darren Williams. I mean, they're both kind of defensive sieves, so that's they're both going to score. Then um, we'd have like Mirtich against Teletovic, which I think is a would be an awesome matchup to see. I think that'd be really fun. Like um, watching Europeans go at each other. Exactly. Uh, then we could have Tony Snell and Alan Anderson because I think I'm operating under the assumption McDermott is out again. Um, uh, he's questionable, I think, but he hasn't really made a huge impact so far, so it's probably not a huge deal regardless of where he is, you know? Yeah, I think the biggest mismatch might just be Kirk at shooting our two, but, I mean, I think he can shut down the likes of Alan Anderson or Boyan Bogdanovich. And, and uh, I mean, even just, like, okay, as Taj is starting, but then Nazar against KG, like, like, that would just be a fun five-on-five matchup, I think, like, to watch, and it would actually be fair. Uh, yeah, you know, um, it would, it would, be, be, fun. It would yeah. be fun, but I feel like Kevin Garnett would get very angry if we did that, which would also oh, yeah. be pretty fun. So yeah, I'm all for it. Uh, so, you know, your move, Bulls coaching staff, I know you're listening. Did you guys hear about that thing where, um, like Ray Allen apparently is excluded from some like group text that Paul Pierce has with like former Celtics players? Oh really? Yeah, apparently it kind of was like froze out. Wrong. Like he's not part of this giant like text thread that they have going on. It's like it's one of those pointless things that doesn't matter. And it's probably not that big of a deal, but I still think it's funny. that's pretty fucking funny. Yeah, I yeah, picture my... him just crying in front of a mirror. <laughs> See, I'm taking the opposite. I think Ray Allen is too. I think he uh, what's the Mean Girls like group jumped or group switched or something like something you can never you think you can never do or. He rose the social hierarchy, and now he's just broing with Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, and LeBron James, and leaving G and uh, Paul Pierce in the dust. I think he, I think he loves it, and he relishes. Like he's just like peace out, it. nerds, and he's yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, he's like, I got another ring. I'm friends with these guys now. How do you, how do you like me now? Isn't Looking he basically hunting at this point? Isn't he kind of just like he said? There's some quote that popped up that said he was waiting until like February to pick a team or whatever. Oh, it wouldn't surprise whore. me. To a T, a ring whore percent. That's all he is now. Ugh. So, uh... Could come know. to Chicago, right? Yeah, I'm down. I mean, if he wants to, you know, get, be a ring whore, whatever that means. In, uh, I, I know what it means, but it just it gives me a weird visual. Uh, in Chicago, I'm all for it. Anyway, so, uh, Grant, you want to you wanna talk about history? <laughs> Sure. Okay. So for our avid listeners that just live and breathe by the free cheese and hot sauce game previews, we've decided to add a new element to the preview. Um, and it's going to be a little bit of Bulls history because, oh, honestly, I will give credit to my roommate. He, when, after he listened, he said that that would be something he uh, would find valuable and would like to, uh, I'd like to add, so I kind of figured, why not? And this would be perfect for game previews. So for this first one, I'm going to keep it simple, and I just want to let everyone know about the first meeting between the Chicago Bulls and the then-named New York Nets. The Bulls prevailed with a score of 88-80, to 80, uh, and this is, this is in 1977 on, on January 4th. So some fun facts about it, though, is... Bob Love, the Bulls' great, I believe, number uh, 
retired by the Chicago Bulls. He had recently moved over to the Nets, and he actually only put up a measly 13 points. Measly. <laughs> yep, exactly. Unfortunately, there's not as many statistics here. With, like, I'd like to give a whole stat line, but it is not on a basketball reference. Uh, however, the Nets' uh, leading scorer was John Williamson with 20, and then followed by Robert Hawkins with 18. But the more important team here and the victorious team, the Bulls, Mickey Johnson led the way with 20, followed by Scott May with 15 and Norm Van Leer with 15. Another uh, Bulls great on there, obviously Norm Van Leer. And then Artis Gilmore was on that team, along with Tom Bowerwinkle. Uh, just basically all around uh, full of Bulls great. The Bulls went on that season to finish in sixth place, which was the last spot in the playoffs, lost in the first round, and they had a record of 44-38. and 38. The Nets were not as good. They ended up with a 22-60 and 60 record in their inaugural season. So the Nets, at one point, were they were New Jersey. Yeah. Okay, they started as the New York Nets first season, and in their second season moved to New Jersey, becoming the New Jersey Nets. And now they have, now they are the Brooklyn Nets. The Brooklyn so, Nets. When yes. they were in New Jersey, their logo was really, really weird. It was right? like it just a like a shield of that? some kind. Was it? It looked like it, a shield. The maybe New Jersey the Nets or the New York Nets? Jersey. Yeah, to me it looked kind of like a shield with like a big block nets and then there was like a rim in the middle. Yeah, that's what I'm looking at it now. You're exactly right. It's just a shield that says nets with a basketball on it and then a, I mean, what's supposed to be a hoop around it. And the logo is supposed to be going through the hoop. But there's a lack of a net, which really perplexes me with this logo. And I'm very confused by it. If you're going to name your team the nets, your rim have a net on it? Well, I mean, the... You know, they are the Nets. They're rim stuff. Oh. oh, there you go. That makes a lot more sense. They'll be hanging off the rim instead of the real Nets. What? I don't was, know. It seems like there, weird. Was there ever at one point a rocket on their logo? To make um, shit up. This up. I, I feel like this like weird like missile looking thing on their logos. I remember the old Rockets logo had a rocket on it. Yeah. You know what? I think it's the old Rockets logo that you're <laughs> Monkey, thinking about. <laughs> that would make the most sense, I imagine, yeah. So, yeah, anyway, that was a uh, little step into history. Yes, and if you guys uh, can think of any uh, historical facts or any specific things you'd like us to research and then give you information, feel free to comment because, and honestly, it makes my life and research a lot easier if I know kind of what I'm looking up. Yeah, so... Uh... Now that we have looked into the past, let's take a look into the future and let's uh, make some predictions. What are your guys' uh, keys to the game, I guess? Or your one key, three of us? Uh, I, I, can I go with don't fuck this one up? Yeah, that works. Don't fuck this one up? I mean, that's pretty much what mine is. It's don't us underestimate the other guys, because... Uh, I'm not not like Will Ferrell and uh, whoever else was in that movie, but the people who aren't Joe Johnson and Brooke Lopez, because uh, those are the guys that kill the bulls more often than not. It seems like. Yeah, my my key to the game is kind of exact. It's exactly the same thing. Just um, you know, don't play down to the level of competition that you're facing. Like, like why not just have a huge like, game where you just completely kick ass? You know, 
Yeah. I mean, it would be so awesome just to get, like, a a big win at home. The fans actually weirdly seem kind of behind Derrick Rose right now. Like, I mean, people are still talking a lot of shit about Derrick Rose, and that's kind of the nature of being Derrick Rose, it would seem. But people are more actually talking about his game than, oh, he's hurt all the time. There's still those people, and, you know, that's never going to end. But I feel like more and more people are getting past the fact that he was hurt and more onto what he's actually doing on the court. And uh, I think if he does something cool this game, which I really want him to, but uh, not sure that he will, but I, I don't know. I just think it'll go a long way if the Bulls can get a big win here. What's the over-under for uh, threes for Rose? Ooh. Uh, I think someone will have told him to dial it back a bit, so I'm going to say five. I was going to say the exact same thing. I have a feeling that Tibbs probably said, you know what, you got to reel it back a little bit. They're not falling. If not even necessarily to say to be less aggressive, but to be more varied in what you're going to do. Like, he really didn't attack all that much against Golden State. Like, I'm missing signature. Like, honestly, I'd be fine if he would fake a three and then takes three step, three dribbles in, pulls up mid range. Yeah, you you cut out entirely there. Um, I think he's going for fake the three, go up, do like a pull up a mid range shot or something, or drive to the basket. I imagine. Yeah, that's I where wonder. That was if, going. <laughs> I wonder if that's not what he's trying to do already. Like, if he's trying just to get a consistent three down to open the floor up for himself. You know. I was gonna say the same thing. There was like a quote that popped up recently from Rose, like the last game, like, what's going on with you shooting so many threes? And he's kind of like, you know what, if they're going to give me the shot, I'm going to take it, which, for better or worse, I guess, at the end of the day, right? Yeah, I mean, at a certain point, though, he, you have to think he'll start to hit that three. I mean, we've seen him make, like, five threes in a game before, and he's obviously got the shot. It's just kind of flat right now. Yeah. No, I think it's just one of those shots that it takes years to develop like the NBA is really far away and to hit that shot consistently you have to have played really have played in the NBA for a little bit and to it and gotten put up a lot of shots games and we can't forget that Derek Rose missed two seasons so it can't be understated enough that NBA at like live NBA game is so much different than practicing that shot because I believe Derek Rose hits that shot probably over 50 percent in practice Oh, but yeah. in the game, it's so much different. So I think it really is, like kind of you're saying, he's going to take it, and then he's going to start hitting a couple, and then his confidence is going to soar. He's going to hit it more and more often. I think, hopefully, it's a trend in his career that just consistently gets better. Totally. Um, so we've done our keys to the game, so I guess it's time for uh, predictions, right? Yeah. Uh, I, I guess I'll start this time instead of making someone else do it. Uh, I actually think the Bulls are going to win big. I'm thinking like 108 to 80, similar to last game, but there's no Brook Lopez, and without him, I just don't see the. I don't see how the Nets can beat the Bulls. So I think the Bulls have a chance to win big. I think they'll do it. Uh, yeah. So Bulls win like by 20 or something like that. I have uh, Bulls winning 103 to 89. Yeah. So 14 there. Yeah, I have a similar differential. I was going to go uh, keep it round and go 110 to 90. I just think they're going to be scoring consistently. That Not that the defense is going to take it, but it's just going to be 
easier to take a few plays off. And I think the Nets are kind of a team of chuckers at this point. And yeah, a little I bit. mean, chuck chuckers are going to chuck, and eventually there's some that are going to go in. So I think it'll be a lot of garbage kind of points for them. But it's just going to be a, a domination from start to finish, I'd say, for the Bulls. Uh, who do you think's going to be the bull of the game? Hmm. I mean, go ahead. <laughs> all right. I mean, I, I feel like I always kind of an obvious one here, but I think it's got to be Jimmy Butler. He's going against uh, either uh, Bogdanovich or Teletovich. Either one presents significant advantages for Jimmy Butler in the matchup. I think either way, he is he's going to outman either one, I think, is just kind of what it comes down to. He's going to be stronger, better at kind of every facet of the game against those guys, and it's going to be consistently give him the ball and see what he can do. Um, yeah, Jimmy's the easy one, and I was leaning that way. Uh, I actually like Derrick Rose. I, I decided this just five seconds ago, so I don't really have much of a reason, but I feel like this will be one of those games where he kind of goes off and people will be like, he can be back to MVP form, you know. People yeah. change on Derrick Rose so much. He was often kind of uh, not compared to Darren Williams in terms of style, but as they were kind of both rising up the league or as Derrick was gaining traction, it was kind of, oh, who's better? A lot of times Darren Williams or Derrick Rose, and Derrick Rose is kind of obviously is better player now. So I think you're kind of right where Derrick Rose shows up for these types of matchups. Yeah. Yeah, I had Rose also. Kind of similar reasons. He'll show up for this matchup. I mean, it's going to be kind of like a statement game for him, I think. Yeah. Right. That's not really much of a reason I case. No, it's not. Sorry if I stole there's... yours, John. No, no, it's okay. You said it better than I ever, ever could. This... I don't know about that. It's hmm. hard to analyze this game and not sound like huge homers just because the only example we have puts the Bulls at a huge advantage, you know? Yeah. Um. So it feels like the Bulls can have a big win, and I'm certainly hoping for it. Um. Anything else we have to mention or want to mention i guess well i guess just kind of what you're saying with the the reasoning why we're so confident in this game i think is because in years past the big matchup has kind of we've gotten beat down a little bit in the front court yeah joaquin but then, then boozer was in either kg or brooklow and that's just awful if boozer is the main uh defender on either of those guys i think with brook lopez out that gives us a major advantage. And with the declining kind of self KG is there really only solid member of the front court right now. It'd be simple domination for Gasol and Gibson against those. It's going to be Teletovich and Garnett, I think, are the two guys that are going to be down low for the Nets. And there's just major advantages for the Bulls here. And if they don't take advantage of it, it's less that the Nets are good and more the Bulls had a bad game or we missed something in our pregame analysis. I'm uh I'm gonna make a bold prediction real quick. It's mm-hmm. not really all that bold, I don't think. How Gasol, Taj Gibson, and Nikola Miritich will all have double doubles. Ooh, I like that. I think it's oh, that's a good one. it's got the potential. It's bold. Bold. It is bold. It's, it's a very bold, bold prediction. Spelled B U L L D. So it's you know. Bold prediction. Yeah, wordplay. Uh, anyway, follow us on Twitter. Uh, check out the subreddit. You probably know what that is by now. It's probably why you're listening to this. Um, 
check out the subreddit. We're on Facebook. We might be on Google Plus. Uh, what else have we got going on? Stitcher, Pocket Cast, rate us on iTunes, all that stuff, because it helps us out with things. Uh, and I think that's about it. Drive home safely. Beep beep. This podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, the internet's leading provider of audiobooks. For a free audiobook of your choice, go to audibletrial.com forward slash free cheese.